everybody. My name is Harley Sorrels, and we are here on another episode of Harley's Hot Seat, where I get to talk to amazing people about their passions. And today, I have the fantastic Natasha White Alonzo. How are you doing today, Natasha? I'm doing pretty well. Doing pretty well. How are you today? Doing quite well. I'm really happy. I'm really excited that you want to be on my podcast. So, fun fact, me and Natasha met at UNLV. We worked in housing together. And then we sort of just become friends. And then she thought I was cool. So she invited me out, which was really felt, felt special being able to hang out with her and Emily and Athena. So thank you for inviting me. We had such good times, such good memories. Oh, yeah, definitely. Thank you for coming. Like, they also thank you for inviting me onto this, pa- this podcast. Um, never been on a podcast before. So this is really cool. Yay. Well, I'm so happy you were able to join. And I, I'm just really excited. All right. So first, (laughs) okay, let us talk about your passion for stage management. So I guess the first question is why you started? Why I started stage management? Um, Well, when originally when I was in high school, I knew that I wanted to work movies, but I didn't know what exactly I wanted to work. Um, I have a huge passion for music. I Music is just everything to me. Um, So originally I wanted to go into like score editing. I wanted to be the person that put the music into the movies. Um, But the high school that I went to was uh, very, very small. So there wasn't a film club, but there was a theater club. So I was introduced to theater by um, my history teacher at the time. And she had told me, you know, uh, you would love stage management and at the time I didn't really know what it was and of course we were doing the show the you know Romeo and Juliet the one that every high school does um and they needed a stage manager and I had said you know I don't really know what that is but I mean I'm willing to try it um so I got my small little taste there I loved it um it was really interesting uh my teacher at the time on opening night came up to me and said you know uh anything that you think might go wrong is probably going to go wrong so good luck with that and that's kind of stuck with me ever since um and yeah I started stage managing there I got to community college um I kept going with the theater scene and then when it came time to decide you know what I wanted to do with university I was like you know I kind of want to do what I'm passionate about and like stage management is a lot of fun it's like controlled chaos might as well go for it. And I've just been doing it ever since. I love that. I think that's really cool. So I know theater, you know, back in the day when I was younger. And I played more on acting role. But yeah. I think I realized how important, like, a stage manager was. Sure, like, we had stage managers in the community theater. But you guys do a lot. Yeah, definitely. Um, stage management is... I would say probably the backbone to a production. Uh, We definitely have our hands in a lot of different pots between like scheduling and um, making sure there's like an open line of communication amongst all the departments. Um, I'd like to think of it as like always thinking three steps ahead in regards to anything. Yeah, because you guys really, you guys get to work with pretty much everybody from like lighting to costumes to the actors, right? Yeah. Definitely. So there is, there's always a lot to think about when it comes to production. So like, you know, when you enter rehearsals, your first, I try to think of it as like seeing the whole picture versus like individual items. Um, Because when you're working a production, 
everything is so intertwined that like if one it's kind of like a domino effect if one thing falls then everything starts to unravel so like your job as a stage manager is to try to prevent the domino from falling over but also thinking of what obstacles are in my way one and what can hinder this production so i'm always trying to think of like okay um I've noticed that my director has started to block the characters. Like, you know, he's having them run around. That's something that I need to let costumes know. Hey, actors are going to be actually running and jumping and exercising. You know, I just want to make sure that costumes know that they're going to need costumes that they can move in. And then in addition to that, it's like, you know, make sure the set designer knows people are going to be jumping up and down on the set. Um, You know, just a lot of, I think, a lot of elements to think about but in a fun exciting way it's almost like a puzzle it sounds like a puzzle i bet i think that's 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 absolutely insane (laughs) oh like that's a because you're really in charge of everybody you're you really are the backbone i totally agree with you on that one yeah like it's there's a lot to think about and like um a number one priority that i would say for me is always safety uh making sure that you know we're all having fun and you know being in this creative environment but also we're all doing it in a safe way that you know we can continue to create the art I like that safety first safety uh, first do you have any stories that you can share where something went terribly terribly wrong goodness yes okay so i was uh stage managing a production of hello dolly this is at my uh community theater and um So for those who don't know, if there's a fire within a theater, most theaters nowadays have a lot of different, um, you know, safety mechanisms. So like the fire alarm will go off, um, the exit signs will turn on. Well, another thing for a stage is we have what's called a fire curtain, which is this huge curtain that um, as soon as like the fire alarm is tripped or like this uh, fire curtain, the safety mechanism is tripped, it um our particular curtain drops and it's like uh, a large uh steel like pipe connected to like this fabric um that you that doesn't catch on fire and it drops to like a certain foot requirement so like ours dropped until it was about eight feet off the ground and then it slowly lowered and what that does is that creates a barrier between like the house where the audience sits and the stage. That way, if there's a fire on either side of this curtain, it's not going to spread out into the other area. So that's something to always, you know, keep in mind when you're working in a theater like that. So for instance, this very night, it was extremely windy. Like we had, I think, 60 to 70 mile an hour winds. Now with fire curtains, a lot of the times they're connected to the roof and there's a hatch that like opens up um to let you know the smoke out of uh this the out of the theater and that night because it was so windy what had happened was is that the wind had caught onto the lip of this like the smoke door and ripped it open and because it ripped it open it um it triggered the fire curtain and it dropped so we were doing hello dolly we had just finished one of like the the high intensity numbers, uh, the put on your Sunday clothes, and we were just into the hat shop. So it's a very, you know, um, calm, relaxed 
cool scene. And I remember, so um, our booth was all the way on the other side of the auditorium and I was backstage and I had um, this comm set to where I could talk into it and people, you know, whoever was online could hear me. And I remember sitting there and I was like, okay, we just had a great set change. I'm like, I'm preparing myself for the next set change. I'm making sure everything is in line, ready to go. And then all of a sudden I hear this huge, like just loud crash. And for a split second, I was like, oh God, like the lighting rack fell. Everybody's dead. Like something fell. Everyone, you know, like whoever's on stage, they're just done for. And I looked over and all the actors... (laughs) You know, we had a house full, like people were watching and all the actors, I see them just all glance at me on the side of the stage, see that I'm not running or yelling. And then they just kept going. And I was like, what the hell was that? Oh my gosh. Um, yeah, no, no. So it gets worse. Um, so (laughs) it gets worse, man. It gets worse. So, you know, I hear this crash and then I start talking on comms and I'm like, what was that? Like you know, um, stage to booth, what's going on. And I didn't hear anything like the comm system went out and I was like, what the hell? And then the house lights start turning on and our stage lights from that crash, they turned off. So it's just like dark on the stage. Like you can still kind of see, but not very well. My actors are still going because you know, the show goes on and I'm trying to figure out what's going on. So here comes the director running in backstage and she's like, what's going on? And I was like, I have no idea. I'm trying to figure it out. And then I look up and I see our fire curtain is slowly starting to come down. And I was like, oh my God. Because in the direct line, we had set pieces that were on wheels, thankfully. So they would have been crushed. I had an actor hiding under a table directly under where the fire curtain would come down. And I was like, oh my God, I have to get them out of there. So then I grabbed the nearest crew around me and I said, pull the set behind, like pull the set away from the curtain. And I went running out onto stage, you know, the house lights are on in the auditorium. There's uh, like audience members that are very confused. Like this isn't Hello Dolly. And I had to pull the table away from the actor. And I'd said, get out of the way. Like you're going to be crushed. So he went running backstage and then I had to step out and face the audience and I had to say you know I'm sorry we're going through some technical difficulties right now um you're more than welcome to go purchase some you know refreshments or pastries from the concession stand like um you know just a brief 10 minute intermission and then I went backstage and it was just total chaos like all the actors were on stage all the actors from the dressing room came out like everyone's talking a thousand like miles a minute saying how can we help you Natasha what can we do we're here to help you and finally I just had to like take a moment and then I told everyone I need all actors back to their dressing rooms please anybody who's under the age of 18 I need them to go back to the green room because we had a few crew members who were still under 18 Mm -hmm. and then I got um, two of my toughest guys and I said I need you to go all the way up to the roof and see what's going on Um, because there's a button backstage that like brings up the fire curtain but for some reason the button wasn't working so I knew that there was something going on so I sent them up stage and then I had to walk them through how to realign um, the wires on like the track that was that I was on I had to call maintenance thankfully within 20 minutes we were able to get everything back to normal um, and we were able to continue on and I think only two or three people ended up leaving Um, but that 
was honestly the craziest time because there was just so much chaos. Like everyone was talking to me, everyone needed answers. And in that moment I was like, okay, either I can panic and I can run away or I can, you know, put on my big girl panties and figure this out. And I was like, we're going to figure it out. So again, first thing is safety. I was like, get everyone who doesn't need to be on stage off the stage. I had my assistant stage manager calling like the maintenance guy, like the, um, our uh, performing arts manager. Like I called everybody on the list. I was like, I need somebody to come fix this now. My goodness. That just sounds terrifying. It was, it was definitely, that was an interesting performance. I'll tell you that there was a lot of things going on that day. Oh my gosh. Like, and with your position being where you have a hand and everything, you know, being the backbone, your brain must have been going like a thousand miles per hour in like 1,200 different directions. It's interesting because like in situations like that where it's definitely like chaotic, my, I feel like I'm at my most calm. Mm. Everything seems to like, I can see everything very clearly and like I'm able to see these are the things I need to get done and these are the things in my way. Um, but later that night I was straight up panicking like oh my god somebody could have died but in the moment I was like we're fine we're fine that's good that's all that matters in the moment we'll collect it yeah (laughs) jeez man that would have been oof I don't even know what I would have done in your shoes I would have freaked out to be honest and be like well I would have been like that TikTok of that little boy being like everything's okay clap if you believe that everything's going to be okay (laughs) yeah no I definitely was just like you know what we're gonna handle this like I need you to go here you're going here um and I just you know I was like there's like if you pretty much as a stage manager if you panic everybody panics because you are like I guess, in a way, the first line of defense. Like, they look to you for answers. And, like, sometimes I don't know the answers. And a lot of the time, stage management is just kind of, like, rolling with the punches. But I think as long as you have that ability to adapt, you can do it. Where are you at now? Uh, So right now, I'm, like, living in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. And I'm attending the University of Alabama. I am a graduate research assistant. I guess a graduate teaching assistant. Wow, okay. So I work for the Department of Theater. That's cool. I like it. You know, I enjoy it. That's good. You should really... I I had an interview. The lady was very um, prominent on the idea that when you go to work, you should be happy to go to work and like what you do. So I really think that's a strong... It's a really strong thing that everybody should follow. Oh, yeah. No, I definitely agree. Um, that's, That's the one thing, I think, is that I don't feel like... I'm stage managing until I get in the rehearsal space or on like theater grounds. For some reason, that's when it feels real. Cause I can do paperwork at home, but it's something different about doing it backstage or, you know, being in front of the cast. Yeah. But it has to be a whole different environment. What's your favorite part about it? Honestly, my favorite part of it is watching. <laughs> it's so geeky, but like watching everything come together. So like, we when you get towards the end of a rehearsal process uh especially during like tech week uh actors are able to start you know wearing their actual costume pieces or getting um 
you know, getting actual realized set pieces to sit on or play with. And uh, watching that transition from like the actor becoming the character to me is just so fun. It's like once you're able to see the world that they're performing on and watch, you know, these people become Antigone or become Medea or become Hamilton, it's like, it's like, hey, that person is gone and now I have this actual character in front of me. Wow. Yeah, I bet that's super cool because you really do see everything from start to finish and all yeah. of the yeah, that's definitely, yeah. Stage managers are there. Um, we're there before everyone, and we leave after everybody does. Yeah, I saw your show that you stage manage. Marcus and the Secret of Sweet. That was a fun show to work on. I were, uh, our director, Kevin R. Free, is just, he's so awesome, and he's so welcoming, and he's a great guy. The last show that I stage managed at UNLV, um, I loved that show. That show is very near and dear to my heart. I thought it was very cool. I really liked it a lot. Um, so we're going to take a hop skip from stage management, and we're going to dive into Broadway. And can you tell me your top three favorite Broadway musicals? Oh, my goodness. That's like asking me who my favorite child is. <laughs> <sighs> okay. Um. I would, you know, my top three is constantly changing, um, you know, with moods and stuff like that. But I think my top three at the very moment has to be uh, Hedwig and the Angry Inch, um, uh, Cabaret, and Bright Star. I like those. That's a very... Very different set. That's cool that you like different ones. Yeah. Now, like I said, you know, sometimes my musical changes on, like, how I'm feeling that day or, you know, just what I feel like listening to. But I seem to gravitate towards those albums a lot. Yeah. I've done that recently. Um, I saw Waitress when it came out on Broadway when Sarah Oh, Yes. It was my first time, not only in New York City, it was my first time seeing a Broadway play, and it was my second second or third time seeing Sarah Bareilles live. And man, I listened to that album for like two months straight after seeing that thing, and even a month in advance, because you know, you have to prepare. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I always tell people, um, if you're not really into musicals, listen to that, like, listen to the cast album before you go see it. And I know it might be a little bit of a spoiler, but it'll help you understand the story. Because if you go in blind, sometimes it's so hard to catch what's going on. Yeah, it was definitely. Because the musical's based off the movie that came out in the 80s or the early 2000s. You know, The Waitress. So you know, my best friend, we watched the movie about a week before we left. And then we listened to it on the airplane. And I said, this is going to be so good. And then I wanted, that was the minute I sat there watching this. And I said, I cannot sing. I cannot dance, but man, that role, I would be perfect for that role. Oh, yeah, that's thought. how I feel about um, Quasimodo in The Hunchback of Notre Dame. Would you ever act? Oh, would I? You know, what's funny is I don't think I have the guts to act, like to become like an actress. Actors, they put everything, like they put their entire being into their craft. And 
there's almost like a vulnerability that comes from that, you know, just being open and just letting the world receive you as you are. And that is so daunting to me. Like, I respect that so much, but I don't know if I could do that. I haven't had any super cool, like, big roles in my time. I'm very lots of ensemble, but it's, I've seen it, and it's insane how much of themselves, especially with method actors who go, like, 110% all the time. Oh, yeah. That's insane. But speaking of Broadway, you know, musicals, and now that um, the app TikTok has taken off and there's lots of musicals being created by that, uh, how do you think the idea of like stage management and well musicals itself is changing now with TikTok? It's super crazy. Like Ratatouille the musical. So Ratatouille the musical. Um I you know what? I feel like I've had this discussion a few times now with my roommate because Ratatouille is one of my favorite Pixar movies. Like that's my comfort movie. Um I love that you know the creators on TikTok pretty much took took the show and ran with it. I think that's amazing. Um, my main, I guess, concern with the Ratatouille the musical was that I wish that they would have kept the original content creators when they moved it to, like, the Broadway format. I feel like it is so hard to make it big in this industry. Um, at times, it's very much who you know or just, you know, the luck of the draw. And I felt like the Ratatouille musical was like the perfect opportunity to showcase, you know, the talent that's out in this world. So I loved that they kept, you know, their original songs and lyrics um, and, you know, helped boost it to make it sound even better. But I don't like that they casted celebrities for the roles. I almost felt like they should have stayed with, you know, the people who wrote the song and lyrics. Yeah, that was definitely interesting. And, you know, like, I understand, you know, you need certain projects to take off. Well, you need, like, good names. It's just a fact. You need somebody famous and stuff. I think that it would have been a a bit cooler, a bit more, I don't want to say relatable, but for lack of a better term, for those who created on TikTok, who are just, like, content creators on TikTok. Like, they don't fame. They didn't know fame before now, you know? Yeah, no, I I very much agree with you. Like, I do think they needed the celebrity names to, like, get it out there. But Mm -hmm. I I don't know. The way I guess I would have done it was that, like, um, a dual cast, you know? So celebrity cast and then the original creator cast. Um, Just because, like, if one more person could put their foot in the door, that would make me so much happier. I totally agree. I really do. Um... Speaking of, you know, new musicals that are happening, have you seen Bridgerton on Netflix? I have not watched Bridgerton, but I've had a lot of friends send me the Bridgerton musical uh, TikToks. I watched a few of them. Uh, There's one with a girl, she's red hair. Her music's really good. Like, it makes me want to watch Bridgerton, but also I'm worried if I watch it, I'm going to go in with the expectation that that everyone should be singing. That's fair. Well, there is no singing in the Netflix show Bridgerton, <laughs> but um, I've kept an eye on the Bridgerton musical on TikTok, and now like it's actually happening. Like they just they're finishing up the album, like all the soundtracks. The girl who started it, Abigail Barlow, I believe her name is. I follow her as an artist herself. 
But man, she, I think she started it out sort of as a joke. Like she didn't think, you know, this will yeah. happen. Now it's probably coming to Broadway in like the next couple of years, which is insane, I think. Honestly, that's how a lot of big shows happen. They start off as like, you know, a joke amongst friends. And then, um, like, I think uh, the Book of Mormon musical. Uh, that one started off as a joke. It was like a throwaway line on a South Park episode. And then South Park did a whole episode about, um, you know, like more, the religion of like Mormonism and where that came from. And then that one got, you know, a lot of people laughed at it and they thought it was funny. And then all of a sudden it became a musical. It's crazy. It's, it's so insane how many talented people are, th- are out there and we don't even know. Exactly, exactly. There are so many artists out in the world. You know, everyone is constantly creating and reinventing and reimagining the wheel. Like, I think everyone should have the opportunity to showcase their talents. Totally agree. I think it'd be so cool to cast a musical. Like, if you had to cast a musical based on your life, who would you cast to play yourself? Oh, that's a good one. I would cast... Have you seen, I, I don't remember the actress's name. Have you seen Schitt's Creek? Yes. Do you know the girl who plays Stevie? Yes. I feel like I would cast her. I, I, I think that would work. And for those who are listening, the name of that actress happens to be Emily Hampshire. Yes. I don't know who would cast me. I do, who I would cast. I know I couldn't cast myself. Now you got me thinking. Ooh, I would cast... Uh, Oh, what's her name? Um, she was a main character in Bridesmaids. Oh, uh, no, Kristen Chetworth. Um, the one she's like, oh, I'm poor. <laughs> I'm poor. Bridesmaid cast. We're looking this up. It's Google. Um, oh, she's also she was on SNL for a while too. Kristen Wig. Yes, yes. Uh, an idol, an icon. Uh, be so cool. All right. Well, my final question for you on this podcast, thank you again for being on it. Thank you for having me. Of course. Is what advice would you give to somebody who's interested in starting a career or just starting or interested in stage management? Definitely the advice that I got was um, when you become a stage manager and you're, you're getting ready to, you know, open house on opening night, like just know that anything that you think is going to go wrong probably will so it's a good idea to have a backup plan but for those who are just getting into it don't be scared to ask questions don't be scared to say i don't know but i'm willing to learn or i don't know but i'm interested can you tell me more um i feel like as a stage manager i will never stop learning i will never stop improving my craft so like don't be scared to reach out to people you know reach out to um any stage managers that you know reach out to like theaters if you saw a recent production you know um send them an email and say hey i'm interested in learning more about this what can you tell me um always be ready to learn i love that i think that's really important advice and yeah well thank you again natasha for taking the time and being on harley's hot seat and talking about it i really loved our conversation thank you so much for having me I loved every minute of this. This was so fun. Thank you. I'm glad. That's what I love to hear. Um, Do you want to tell people where they can find you on social media in case they have questions about stage management or anything like that? 
Yeah, um, you can add me on Facebook. Uh, my name's Natasha White Alonzo. Uh, you can also follow me on Twitter or Instagram at uh, at Cardinal Rohan. All right, perfect. Well, and also a big thank you to everybody who's been listening to Harley's podcast, Harley's Hot Seat, whether you're new or this is, or you've been here since day one. I really do appreciate it. This is my favorite thing that I get to do with my life at the moment. So thank you for being a part of it. And I hope you have a great day. And if you or somebody you know would like to be on an episode of Harley's Hot Seat, feel free to DM me on Instagram or Twitter at harj98.